there's a song by Wycliffe John, and he says um, he's having an argument with his teacher. And I looked at he says this line: I looked at him and smiled with thirty two gold teeth and said, "What you make in a year, I make it in a week." And that's basically what Sam <laughs> said. <that you> said <laughs> <laughs> Light and fresh for summer. Jane Dunks, not for radio. Bit of a random episode for you today. This has uh, been a guest that you wanted to get on for mm. ages because you love this TV show. You've got your sons into it as well. Yeah. Um, and it's shot incredibly. I'm not quite sure if you're listening in Australia or overseas, uh, UK, Ireland, uh, how you'll be able to watch this. I don't know if it's geo-blocked or not, but no, you'll, be to, you'll be able to jump on their Facebook page. They chuck heaps of stuff up. Yeah, we're talking about South Sea Sparrows, which is a well, – the name's basically in the in the title, really. It's it's – it's on the label, really, what's in the can. It's a bunch <laughs> of people in the South Pacific that are, are spare fishermen and spare or fisher people, should I say, because there's a great number of women cast members as well that jump on this. But this young buck is based at the bottom of bottom of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and is just an incredibly impressive young human who made a call early and discovered his passion early in life, and as a result of that, has done incredibly well for himself. It's it's not often that you meet a person of this age that is this switched on. Uh, he came very highly recommended from the guys that I know that are a part of the show, and uh, yeah, we chased him down, and we managed to get one. Of them. We managed to get our own one. Yeah, mate, we speared him and we stuck him there and stuck a microphone in front of him. It was a bloody good chat. Hopefully, enjoy, uh, you enjoy it. Not for radio, summer edition. We've been looking forward to catching up with this impressive young buck for quite some time. He first sort of slid across my radar when the team at South Sea Sparrows came back from a trip to the deep, deep south. I'm talking Stewart Island, Rakiura, where they were where they're hanging out with a young bloke who was in his late teens, who owned multiple properties, was earning great money diving, free diving for New Zealand power, uh, abalone, and doing kinder diving as well. So I guess, welcome to the show first and foremost, hey Stormy. Um, and I guess if we rip straight into it, uh, how did you get into the industry? Yeah, sweet. Um, so basically, I started diving uh, when I was four, eight years old, maybe I started. Um, yeah. Grew up with family and stuff that did it. And then I was about 16, um, still in school. And uh, we used to be a competitive swimmer. And I was, you know, meant to go to a national meet. And then I was like, oh, I want to go working. So I rang up a company called Can Do Fishing and said, look, can I get a job? And they're like, oh, well, you're a bit young, you know, and I was like, please give me a job. And I got one and then went out in the holidays and made a bit of money. And I was like, bugger sport, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, so for those people that don't know, because there's people that listen to that listen to us from across the globe, heaps of the crew and all throughout the UK and all around the world, whereabouts is it that you sort of grew up um, and where do you live now? I grew up in uh, Stewart Island, which is the southernmost island of New Zealand, well, southernmost inhabited island. I've lived there my whole life. Um, I still live there now. Um, I'm 20 years old. How long has your family been on the island and how many, I guess, even stats in and around Stewart Island? Because it's still one of the places, like, I pride myself on the number of places I've been to in New Zealand. I've pretty much surfed every single part you of it. You haven't been there. And I've never been to Stewart Island. I've watched sh- it so many times on <laughs> yeah. the hunting shows. Eh? I'm just like, fuck, I've got to get there. Yeah. My family have lived on Stewart Island. So my granddad moved there in 1967, I think, to actually start power diving. He was one of the first ever commercial power divers down there. So I guess it sort of runs in my veins. What did mum say when you were like, I'm going to leave school at 16 and go commercial diving? She's like, probably better than a meth habit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I mean, she's just stoked that I want to do what, you know, her family's always done. Um, I know she's a little bit proud of it, but I actually stayed in school and dove a whole year while I was in school. So oh, I like still did school, did what's called gateway, which is like work experience. You're not supposed to get paid, but I did. Um, and that's the whole yarn about how I made more money than my teachers. Yeah, this is this is a great yarn, and I and I mean, obviously, I'll probably add some JST to it as well. And Sammy probably embellished it a little bit because he loves the yarn as well. But it, there's a song by Wycliffe John, and he says um, he's having an argument with his teacher. And I looked at he says this line: I looked at him and smiled with thirty two gold teeth and said, "What you make in a year, I make it in a week." And that's basically what Sammy said. <laughs> 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 that's so good. I mean, I wish I could say that. But nah, um, I mean, a lot of them they look down on it, like as I was, you know, they're like, oh, you're wasting your mind. You know, you should be going to university, and and like that was almost like fire to be like, you know, bugger you guys, like I want to do well at this. And then you know, in that first year, I, I did make a lot more than what you know they'd make, and I was you know pretty happy about it. And I mean, from them telling me that I'm wasting my time to me doing better than someone with a university degree. So yeah, and, what, what, and at 19 years old, uh, you'd already bought two houses, one on uh, one on Stewart Island where you live and then one back in Invercargill, which yeah. is like your, your getaway to the big smoke. Yeah, <laughs> getaway to the big smoke. Yeah, bro, yeah, I, um, I, I have to. I'm actually currently in my Invercargill house now. Been, I've been in Milford diving for two days, um, so I'm just a bit buggered, but I've come back. So what does it look like when you go diving? Because uh, a lot of people, once again, if you were to watch the the diving shows which come out of Australia, they have the same sort of, uh, what is it, the longitudinal lines in which you dive and they have the same problems of the big fucking grey-suited men with their sharp teeth who mistake you sometimes for, for seals and you have a little bit of a tangle up and that's nature. And sometimes when you hop into the water, you fucking slide to the bottom of the pecking order. Uh, and as a result of that, you can get yeah. tangled up. You're not allowed to um, – what, what are the rules and how you can – collect uh, that Kaimawana, the power? We are all freediving, so that's all breath hold, no um, tanks or hooker or any sort of oxygen, which means it's a lot more like, you know, there's a lot select few that can actually do well at it. It's quite a hard industry to get into, like you have to know people, I guess. I mean, I'm lucky. Uh, I've, you know, known my family and stuff, but to actually be good and make money also is a challenge because it's it's very hard. Like you, you spend... I've spent 12 hours in the water in a day once, you know, like that's working the whole time. That's a long, a long day. But yeah, we don't have that many problems with sharks either. Like people always want to hype it up, but that's something I'd, I've never even seen a great white in the water. I'm not scared of them. You know, they're there, but you know, I don't want to publicize that. Oh, big great whites always around. Like that's not what it's about. I don't reckon. They fucking know you're there as well. So, you know, they'll, they'll oh, know exactly definitely. what you're doing and they're leaving you alone. So mm. probably... What's what is your sort of your your work time? Because I saw on uh, on South Sea Sparrows in particular that uh, you were you were taking sort of you've, you wear a watch, you wear a Garmin watch, which shows you how long you've been yep. under for uh, and the depth and what you're working. What is your kind of your working depth and time? I don't actually wear a watch when I'm working, just for the fact that I'm looking at it all the time instead of focusing on catching kinners. But I dive anywhere from about right up in the shallows to like right in the breakers to about 15 meters will be the deepest i'll work like i don't go much deeper than that because the powers don't live down there and the pinners out wide are, are really um skinny like the rows real bad spearfishing i will go a lot deeper but there's and there's no need to do big breath holds as well like it's quite it's all about recovery like you want to be able to spend as much time on the bottom as possible so that's reducing your surface time so if you don't exert yourself on the bottom 
you can come and spend less time on the surface and go down and do the exact same time again and just keep doing that all day instead of doing a big two-minute dive and then being buggered for four minutes and then having to, you know, I think it's more efficient. And um, let's chat about the, you know, like the worksheet for the day and on a good day, how many um, power or abalone are you able to um, get in one session? My best day ever, I did when I was 17, I caught 1,050 kilos. <laughs> Fuck kilos. Yeah. That's a you fucking a ton. ton. Yeah, a ton, yeah. I tonned up. Shit. And you haven't you haven't done that since. Do you, do you now? I suppose you know at the ripe old age of twenty, and uh, you, you know you, you've been around. You're much wiser. Do you take some of those risks now that you just were like, that's just a seventeen year old mindset of I'm bulletproof. But in hindsight, that was probably a shit call on my behalf. Oh, I reckon I take more risks now. To be honest, the reason I've never caught that much is because usually like. We have a lot of other divers, like there'll be like three people working in one dinghy and it's quite hard to catch. Like I was working by myself when I did that. It's a lot easier, but I do like 800 kilo days, 700 kilo days, um, quite a bit with Dwayne and a couple of the other boys. 500 kilos is about an average day. There's, um, you mentioned Dwayne. He also, he's a, he's another weapon, absolute superstar when it comes to probably a person that spent more time underwater than, than almost on top of it. Above it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at him and you yeah. don't, you don't, hardly, you don't look at him and you go, bloody, there's Israel Adesanya of the diving world, do you? But the reality is, is he oh, is. But it's so funny because, like, you look at his, like, physique and stuff and you're like, this guy is, like, you know, he's a bit chubby. Well, not chubby, but, like, you know, he's not toned anyway. And, like, you're like, oh, but then the guy gets in the water and he's just, oh, it's something else, I tell you. Yeah, he, um, I've uh, I've done a very minimal amount of spearing and it's something that I definitely want to get into more, but uh, she's pretty dinner bells for sharks in the in the hodaki at the moment. <laughs> um, but there was a bloke, yeah, that I I went to, a bloke that I went diving with up north. He was probably in his late 50s. Uh, he was thumping piss and just chewing through probably a packet of rollies. Uh, pulled himself into one of the r- most rubbish wetsuits I've ever seen. A mono, a mono mask, you know, like one of the old oval, oval, oval full yeah, scuba yeah, sleeve. Yeah. One of those ones that pinches your nose. Um, and uh, basically, no snorkel. And he had a ratly old spear gun. And he was doing sort of four and a half minute breath holds. This bloke and sitting there and pegged like a thirty six kilo kingy. Far yeah. out! Holy shit. Yeah, that's impressive, man. That is insane. Yeah, it's amazing that some of those guys, yeah. like, no matter how rough they are, the carcasses and what they do to it, it's, as soon as they get in the water, it just becomes second nature, and it's almost your mind is what's unraveling you when you're underwater more so than your actual physical ability. Oh, for sure, man. Um, and it's like, do something for so long, you know, you can just automatically just switch. like riding a bike, you know. I, I can pop a power, like, you know, I can close my eyes and bloody pop the thing, you know. I dream about it almost. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Um, who's buying all the power or the abalone? Because um, that's a shitload to be pulling out. And obviously you guys, are you guys the only ones doing it or is there a couple of other boats doing it? Nah, there's heaps of other boats. I'd say there'd be another 10 boats that do it as well. Wow. Um, but they don't catch the tonnage that we catch. Like um, Dwayne and I and like our crew will catch um, probably majority, like probably a third of the whole fishery down here, something like that. In terms of obviously one of the shells is another byproduct <laughs> of uh, of the fishery, um, it's used in jewellery yep. uh, and probably traditional art uh, here in Aotearoa. What do you do with all of those? Because if you're pulling a ton, uh, that's a shit ton of shells. Nowadays, because all the fish is live, uh, we don't see the shells anymore. So they, you know, the power goes still alive, gets sent to China. They used to um, like chuck them and then they'd give the shell back to you. You could just either sell them to like a dealer that would buy them off you or keep them for whatever reason. 
So what are you? What are your plans? I mean, in terms of uh, if you're looking into what is what does the stormy future look like? Uh, does it mean that you're going to be uh, still on the tools for another twenty odd years? Are you looking at diversifying it? You're looking at. I know that they're doing massive work in and around um, uh, sort of regenerative. Uh, carbon sequestration of certain seaweed types that are there as well and those big line fisheries where you've got scallops running as well as mussels and then cleaning the ocean up with different seaweeds. Yep. That's, is that of any interest to you at all? Or are you just wanting to spend more time underwater um, and eventually become an aquaman? <laughs> I love diving too much to give it up. Like I ultimately want to catch crayfish. Like That is sort of like the end goal, buy a boat and go crayfishing. But while I'm young um, and still you know, fit and healthy, I'll keep diving. And it's, uh, it's not even work. Like I, I see it as like, it's fun. You know, I go hang out with a bunch of my mates on a boat. We slam some beers, go catch some bloody powers, you know, it's, it's awesome. I was going to say, so what is it sick. like for people your age at the moment, they're just basically hitting their peak fuckwit stage in life where they just want to go out, make mistakes, <laughs> uh, drink as much as they can, uh, work through as many women as they can, uh, just be not great humans while they find their way in life. Have, have you just got a group of friends in and around you like Dwayne that are in the same industry that kind of don't mind a few tubes but realise that you can't be diving with a foggy head like that, um, like your mates that could be turning up and working at a supermarket, supermarket stacking shelves in between uni courses? Yeah, funny enough, all my mates. Um, so I've got no, my boys, like my diving boys, we all, you know, kick it together and stuff. But, you know, as you said, they're a bit more um, sort of – they're all, all older than me, like as I'm, you know, 10 years younger than most of them. Um but I've got a lot of mates that also go to a target uni, and every chance I get, I'm up there making poor life decisions. As you <laughs> said, get on you, mate. That's he's what human. It's all about when you're 20, he's human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit, yeah. Storm, mate. It's been um, absolutely epic chatting with you, and a hell of an insight to an industry that I didn't know uh, a lot about. And yeah. um, you sound like an absolute weapon, bro. Yeah, we've um, we've got the link up to oh, if you to check you out on uh, the Hyundai Country Calendar and the South Sea Spirit, where you went real wide uh, to whatever that crate, the rock or whatever you call it down south. Um, if you text Spiro. Oh, yeah, Solander Island, yeah. Solander Island, that's it. That looks like absolutely Jurassic Park. If you text Spiro, S-P-E-A-R-O to 3520, bounce you back the link where you can where you can check it out and check out Stormy's work. It's impressive. And I guess probably an accolade to you as well. Like I've never heard uh, I've never heard Shawzy or Sammy uh, speak about anybody with the reverence in which they spoke about you, um, how hardworking you were, your desire to get the job done at a calibre which most people can't perform at. Um, you speak incredibly well. You conduct yourself incredibly well. Um, well-mannered, well-disciplined, just a great human. So I guess probably if they haven't said it to you, because they're maybe not that forthcoming with it, I guess we could pass it on to you and let you know that that's how they feel about you. And it was it was impressive to hear, brother. Really impressive. Well, that means a lot, bro. Thank you so much. Like, fuck, that's... I don't even know what to say. It's too kind. While everyone else has buggered off, we haven't. Jay and Dunk's summer of Not For Radio. 